Hey there, hi there, ho there everybody, this is Chase Carrico with Spotlight Impressions. Today in the spotlight is going to be something I'm pretty excited for, the Green Bay Packers backfield heading into 2022. In particular, I'm going to be talking about Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Maybe worth mentioning just very quickly, uh, the running backs behind Jones and Dillon for the Packers right now are Kylan Hill, Patrick Taylor, and Tyler Goodson. Uh, Kylan Hill is a second-year player who's drafted in the seventh round in 2021, and uh, Tyler Goodson is an undrafted rookie from this season coming out of Iowa. Uh, really do not expect Hill or Taylor or Goodson to be a threat to either of these two guys in the backfield. So in games where both Jones and Dylan are healthy, most of the time I would expect those other running backs to not have a role in the offense. Uh, they've had to step in. I've seen Taylor and Hill step in before when there's been injuries in the backfield or if it's a blowout one way or the other, but it really should just be Jones and Dylan here uh, in the Green Bay backfield this year if all things go according to pl- according to plan. So uh, just quick background on both players. Aaron Jones is going into his sixth year as a pro, all of those with the Packers after being selected in the fifth round in 2017. A.J. Dillon is going into his third year with the Packers. He was a second-round draft pick in 2020. Uh, they are very different body types. Aaron Jones, comparatively, is pretty small at five foot nine, 208 pounds. If you have seen pictures of A.J. Dillon, his legs in particular are huge. He is listed at six foot 247. Um, and as far as ages go, like I said, there's a three-year gap in careers. There's also about a three, three-and-a-half-year gap in age. Jones is 27-and-a-half, and Dillon just turned 24 a month ago. Taking a quick look at some of the stats that they put up last year, Aaron Jones had about 800 rushing yards and four touchdowns on the ground and added nearly 400 receiving yards and six more touchdowns through the air. He was the overall fantasy running back 12 last year in 15 games. Uh, So most of these stats, if I don't specify otherwise, the fantasy stats are going to be half-point PPR, I think that's probably the safest way to split the difference between standard and PPR is just given that half point in these stats. So he was the RB12 overall, and then if you look at uh, points per game basis, he was the RB14. So of course, players get injured. Uh, there's a difference there in overall fantasy finish and per game finish. So RB14 for Jones there. And then we can go to A.J. Dillon. Dillon also had about 800 rushing yards this past season and had five touchdowns on the ground and added about 300 receiving yards and had two touchdowns there through the air. He was the overall running back 23 in half PPR last year, about 169 points in all 17 games, Uh, but on a per-game basis, he was just the RB33. Uh, So you can see the difference there. Uh, The difference in fantasy points was a little under 40 points. So um, between RB12 and RB23 overall was just 40 points. It's kind of tight there. But on a per-game basis, A.J. Dillon did play those extra two games. That separation was a little bit larger. 
One of the things that I've been kind of tinkering with this offseason is looking at things like fantasy point per rushing attempt, fantasy point per target, um, kind of gauging per touch how many fantasy points a player is producing uh, from season to season. That's, I think, probably an important stat. Of course, it's going to be fairly touchdown dependent in addition to yardage dependent. So um, that one, if touchdowns change, that stat is going to change pretty majorly. As far as rushing efficiency goes, I was kind of surprised to see uh, neither of them were particularly high in that fantasy point per rushing attempt category. Aaron Jones, uh, so I went through every player that had a minimum of 99 attempts. I know that's a goofy number, but I did 99 to get Christian McCaffrey in on these stats. If you want to do 100, uh, it just changes that one player. Um, so of all of the players that had at least 99 rushing attempts, Aaron Jones was the 28th running back uh, with a little over .6 fantasy points per rushing attempt, and A.J. Dillon was just a little bit behind him at about .59. He was the RB31. So like I mentioned, these fantasy points per touch are going to be pretty dependent on touchdowns more than anything else. And the Packers last year threw for 39 touchdowns and ran for 13. So when it got uh, to where they were in scoring position for the most part, they were looking to pass. Aaron Rodgers had another MVP season uh, in large part due to the passing touchdown volume. So the rushing touchdowns were not quite there for Jones and Dillon last year. We've seen... Aaron Jones pop off for huge rushing touchdown totals in 2019. He had 16 touchdowns. 2021, last year he only had four rushing touchdowns, so I could definitely see that bounce back up. But the good news is that both of the running backs were involved in the passing game and also look at fantasy points per target. Um, so I looked at players with a minimum of 50 targets, and there were 26 running backs who met that threshold of those 26 running backs, Aaron Jones was the number three running back with about 1.55 fantasy points per target. A.J. Dillon only received 33 targets last season, so he didn't meet that 50 target threshold. He's not officially in this data. But if you were to just put him in there, which would be kind of cheating, uh, but anyway, if you put him in there, his 1.63 fantasy points per target would have been the number one overall running back ahead of Cordero Patterson, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, and Alvin Kamara, uh, who were the top four in that stat. So I looked at both of these players through a bunch of different lenses, uh, but because we are looking at the backfield and probably uh, trying to project for 2022, I thought it might be... Uh, most prescriptive to look at the games that they both played in together. Uh, so I did include their one playoff game. They played a total of 18 games. A.J. Dillon played all 18. Aaron Jones missed two of them. So there were 16 games, 15 regular season, one in the playoffs that they uh, both played in together. If you want to look at that playoff game, that um, is kind of prescriptive of how I think they viewed the two running backs, but not necessarily how they're going to use them in the regular season. Um, so because that's only the one game, I didn't think it skewed the data too much, and it's worth looking at. Uh, in that playoff game, Aaron Jones had 12 rushing attempts. A.J. Dillon had seven. But the big, big difference there was that Aaron Jones had 10 targets and A.J. Dillon had none. 
Um, so, of course, I don't expect A.J. Dillon to have no targets next season. I also don't expect Aaron Jones to have 170. But it does tell me that they win. They really need to win when they really want to go to guys that they trust. They, they're fine giving both players rushing attempts, although they probably still lean Aaron Jones. And they really want to get Aaron Jones involved in the passing game. Dylan might not be as necessary there. Another thing I'll talk about this a little bit is game script. That game was close, and at different points, I mean, it was never a multiple possession game. The Packers needed... You could certainly argue that at parts of that game, the Packers were a little more conservative than they needed to be, but it was always a one-score game the entire game, so that they... The game script was pretty similar. It never changed to them having a lead or them being way behind. Um, but in a playoff scenario like that, uh, I do think that changes kind of how they decided to play the game. Uh, so anyway, massive difference in uh, both usage and production in that one playoff game, which we can talk about a little bit later. Um, but overall, like I said, including both that game and their 15 games played together in the regular season, they both played in 16 games. In those 16 games, Aaron Jones had 183 rushing attempts and A.J. Dillon had 169. Uh, Jones had four rushing touchdowns. A.J. Dillon had six. On the ground, their average yards per rush, Aaron Jones was at 4.6. A.J. Dillon was at 4.2. However, another thing I've been tinkering with a little bit has been median yards per rush. Um, so how many yards does a player gain on at least half of their rushing attempts? And while Aaron Jones's average was higher, A.J. Dillon's median is higher. His median yards per rush is four, which is where you really want to be up at four or higher. Um, of course, three isn't horrible. It's just lower than four. Uh, that's where Aaron Jones ended up being. And you can kind of tell based on a few of these stats... Uh, I broke it down. Also, uh, Aaron Jones had 9% of his rushes go for negative yardage, whereas A.J. Dillon had a little bit under 5% there. A.J. Dillon was much better in short yardage situations or gaining small amounts of yards. A.J. Dillon uh, had a higher rate of gaining 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 yards on any given carry, but when you get up into the higher numbers, Aaron Jones was more effective at breaking off big plays. So uh, 9% of Aaron Jones' carries also went for 10-plus yards, whereas a little bit under 5 of Dylan's did. Um, about 3% of Jones' carries went for 20-plus yards, only about 1% of Dylan's did. So uh, they really are a very good complement for one another. They are kind of uh, thunder and lightning with Dylan, I would say, is the thunder. Jones is the lightning. He's a little bit quicker. He's more susceptible to getting stopped in the backfield, um, but is also more likely to break a huge play, uh, whereas Dylan's just Mr. Consistent. Um, that's where his average yards per carry, again, was a little bit lower, just because he never broke off any huge plays, but he was consistently getting three or four yards there. Uh, just... Very good compliments for one another, and I think we're going to see that continue moving forward. If you look at uh, rushing attempts outside of the 10, we're pretty close. And again, Aaron Jones is uh, a higher yards per carry there at 4.8 compared to 4.6 for Dylan. Uh, Dylan did have more attempts inside the 5 in these games. He had 10 compared to Jones' 6, uh, so they were both used inside the 5. 
they were also pretty effective. They both scored four touchdowns inside the five-yard line. Uh, so Jones perhaps a little bit more efficient there. I wouldn't read too much into it with that small sample size, but I would say that they're both effective rushing inside the five, and they were both given touches there. So Dylan didn't dominate those carries, but where Jones had more rushing attempts overall, Dylan was given a few more inside the five, which makes sense when you consider his body type and his ability to pick up those short yardage situations. Um, targets, this is where the big difference came in. In games where they both played, Aaron Jones had 73 targets to A.J. Dillon's only 26. Uh, Dillon has had a phenomenal catch percentage in his career. He caught 23 of his 26 targets. His career catch percentage is over 92%. Uh, so some of them might be easier targets than what Aaron Jones is given. Jones is maybe used as a receiver and runs more complicated routes sometimes. Um, kind of similar to how their rushing numbers worked out. A.J. Dillon typically was able to gain some yardage on any of his receptions, whereas Jones occasionally caught passes for a one or two yard loss. But um, Aaron Jones was capable of breaking off those receptions to go for bigger gains as well. Um, so Dylan actually had a higher catch percentage, a higher yard per target, and a higher yard per reception than Jones did. But Jones had six receiving touchdowns and Dylan had just two. Uh, Again, over twice as many targets, over twice as many receptions, so it makes sense that he would have more touchdowns. Um, they were both incredibly effective. Like I said, uh, as far as running backs with 50-plus targets, Aaron Jones was the third most efficient from a fantasy perspective, and then uh, Dylan meet, didn't meet that qualifier, but he was arguably the most effective pass catcher efficiency-wise in the NFL at the running back position, which is a little bit wild. I do generally think that Aaron Jones is a more talented pass catcher. I think it's pretty obvious that the Packers believe that as well, but some of the numbers definitely favor Dylan. I think he is an underrated pass catcher um, and will be used a, a fair amount anyway uh, moving forward into the 2022 season. Um, I also did a little bit of a breakdown as far as their receptions inside the 10. Um, targets inside the 10, A.J. Dillon had one, Aaron Jones had five, so that that's a pretty big discrepancy as well. Uh, not that five is a huge number, but in general, if they were passing near the goal line, they were going to go to Aaron Jones. Uh, they were happy rushing with either one of them, but Dillon got the nod a little bit more often that way. Uh one f another fun thing is that uh, they both caught all of their targets inside the 10-yard line. So uh, the combined six targets they got, they caught uh, all six of them and scored four touchdowns on those six targets as well. So uh, that was a lot of their data together. Again, uh, there was a slight edge in rushes for Aaron Jones and a pretty major edge in targets for Aaron Jones in games where they both played. I think that's going to be a little bit telling for how those two players are going to get used next year. Speaking of next year, let's go ahead and look at what I think is going to happen. Uh, th there is a pretty major shift in the Packers offense. They traded Devontae Adams. They drafted a couple of rookies. Uh, so they, they lose one of the best 
wide receivers in all of the NFL. That could definitely change how some of this goes. You would think it's possible that they run a little bit more. And regardless of that, Devonta Adams leaves a lot of vacated targets. They also lose Marquez Valdez-Scantling, argu- arguably their number two wide receiver, definitely one of their top three options from last year. Uh, so they're going to have to probably mostly between Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Christian Watson. Those names are going to confuse me too, Watkins and Watson. Uh, those are likely expected to be uh, three of the top receivers in addition to Randall Cobb. I don't know if Randall Cobb's going to be the one, and you also never know if he's going to stay healthy. Uh, but the passing game is going to look a lot different. A lot of people think Aaron Jones might see a huge spike in targets. I kind of doubt it, although I would really like to see the Packers use both A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones on some of the same plays. The Packers did not use a whole bunch of two running back sets. They usually only had one out there on the field, but I think it could be effective because we can see both of these players are fairly effective rushers. Both of these players are extremely effective pass catchers. I think that would be a pretty tough thing for opposing defenses to defend. Maybe that's something uh, you never know. I mean, the Packers have not had that much playoff success in recent years. I mean, other than the one Super Bowl, they really haven't had that much playoff success in the entire Rodgers era. So you look at uh, things that they might be able to do. Maybe they don't want to give away all of their secrets, but it's not like they used a ton of two running back sets in their playoff game last year either. Just something to think about. But anyway, I do not see there being a massive difference in carries for these two players. I assume if they're out there on the field together... Uh, or sorry, if they're both healthy, not necessarily on the field together at the same time, but if they're both healthy and available, I would assume that split is probably going to be somewhere in the 40 to 60% range. Um, Like 40-60 for one player, 45-55 for one player, whichever. Uh, I think it's, I wouldn't be surprised to see either one of these players outrush the other. I do assume that Jones is going to get more targets the question is just how many. So another thing that I've been doing lately is just kind of, I think I like looking at, you know, the worst case scenario, best case scenario, and then what I think is actually a reasonable prediction for these guys. So best case scenario for Aaron Jones, again, these, I'm not going to presume injury for either of them. So this is if they play a healthy full season, I could see Jones just crack 200 rushing attempts. I don't think he's going to get much more than that, but he could get there, get 1,100 to 1,200 rushing yards, and I mean, he's had 16 rushing touchdowns before, so I think I don't think 16 is in the range of outcomes necessarily, but I could see him, again, if everything breaks right, get 14, and then maybe he gets 80 targets, about 600 receiving yards, and he could have about 7 receiving touchdowns too. And all of that would be good for 328 fantasy points, which in the last several years would be in the RB2 to RB5 range. Uh, Some of these numbers, again, good thing to consider. That doesn't mean that he would be drafted as the RB2 to RB5, because there might be injuries that you can't predict ahead of him. But uh, if he were able to have everything break out that way, Uh, Again, that's like 1,700 yards and 20 touchdowns. So that would be everything breaking right. But he could, I think his ceiling is absolutely a top five fantasy running back. 
Now, the downside on Aaron Jones, maybe he doesn't get all those rushing attempts and he isn't as efficient with them. I could also see a, a bad year for him being about 750 rushing yards and four touchdowns. And maybe he gets a slight uptick in targets, but it's not what some people would be hoping for. Maybe he gets 70 targets and catches 50 of them and only has 300 to 400 yards and two touchdowns that way. And uh, so this is his floor to me, the worst case scenario. I could see him being, uh, those numbers would be about 175 fantasy points, which would have him around RB19 to RB22 in the last several years. Uh, so ceiling, top five to me, floor, back end RB2. Pretty nice for somebody who's being drafted at about the RB13 right now in ADP. Now we can go to the upside and the downside I see for A.J. Dillon. Again, if healthy, I could see Dillon really break out as a rusher. I could see him get 220 carries and go for about 1,200 yards and maybe 10, 11, 12 touchdowns on a great season with everything breaking right. And then he's not going to be a 70-target guy. He's probably not going to be a 50-target guy. But maybe they realize that he is an effective pass catcher. And again, they probably need to spread the ball out a little bit more with the absence of Adams and MVS. Maybe he gets 45 targets, gets nearly 400 yards, and catches three touchdowns that way. Uh, that would be good for about 266 fantasy points, which generally puts you in the RB4 to RB8 range. That'd be a great season for A.J. Dillon. Of course, that's a ceiling that I'm saying. That's not what I'm projecting. But I do think it's in the range of outcomes for him to be a top 10 running back. Now, with Dillon, the downside is probably a little bit lower. I think he has a floor, but it's not a really sexy floor. He could see, like... Uh, not quite as many rushes, maybe just goes for like 600 yards and four touchdowns. That, again, seems really low, but if Aaron Jones is healthy and they decide to give him more touches, I think that's possible. And then maybe he has like 20, 25 receptions, but only adds like 200 yards and a touchdown that way. That would have him more at like 129 fantasy points, which would be about RB32 to RB39. So ceiling for him is maybe top 10. I really do believe that's in the range of outcomes, even though it's not likely. But the floor for him is like RB39. He could be in the RB3, RB4 range, generally for your team. Uh, his ADP right now, it looks like he's going at about the RB26 right now, which uh, that's probably about fair if your floor is back in like the RB4 range, but you could be a top 10 running back. So finally, let's get to my actual projections, what I think is probably a reasonable uh, outcome for these players. Uh, I think I would actually see this year, with Jones getting a little bit older, Dylan showing that he's effective, uh, perhaps Dylan is going to slightly outpace Aaron Jones in the rushing department. Uh, I think this is going to be very game script dependent. If the So this is... I would hope good advice for your weekly decision making if you have one or both of these players. If you think the Packers are going to win a game, maybe get up 10, 14 points, multiple scores, I think that's likely to be an A.J. Dillon game. A.J. Dillon can kind of ice off games. They love using him in the second half. He usually gets a drive or two in the first, but in the second half, if they are cruising and looking like they're going to win... A.J. Dillon's really nice to have because he's probably going to pick up some first downs for you. He's so consistent. Um, 
I, I just think it's safe. It's not conservative giving him the ball. It might not be a house call. He might not be scoring an 80-yard touchdown, but he's just going to be that consistent guy for you to pick up first down. So in games that you project the Packers to win and maybe win easily, I really like A.J. Dillon. Of course, in those games, maybe Aaron Jones is effective early, or maybe they throw a couple touchdowns to Alan Lazard or Christian Watson or whatever you want to say happens. Um, I do think in those games, Jones might be kind of phased out. In games that you think are going to be super competitive or end up where the Packers are trailing, I do think that's where Aaron Jones is going to get more usage. Maybe A.J. Dillon gets some goal line stuff, but in between the 20s, they're going to be trusting Aaron Jones because while he does have some negative yardage plays every now and then, he is that touchdown threat at any point on the field. He can rip off a 60-yard run. He can get a 50-yard catch. Uh, he is going to be who they use if they're trying to claw back in a game or if it's really competitive and they're desperate for a score. Uh, so, uh, again, that could result in A.J. Dillon having slightly more yards and him having about 900 yards and six touchdowns on the ground. Um, I would still have, just because A.J. or Aaron Jones has been so effective as a touchdown scorer in the past. Uh, again, he's had 20 touchdowns in a year before. I'm not projecting that, but I could see him still have more touchdowns than Dylan, even if Dylan is getting more usage. Um, so maybe have Jones get 850 yards on the ground and eight touchdowns. And then I definitely expect Jones to be used more in the passing game. Maybe he has 400, 450 yards and four touchdowns, or Dylan maybe gets 250, 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. Uh, so splitting it that way, I'll just go through them individually. Maybe Jones gets about 850 rushing yards, 450 receiving yards, and 12 total touchdowns. That would be good for 229 fantasy points, which would have him in like the RB8 to RB12 range most years. And then maybe A.J. Dillon has about 900 rushing yards, 250 to 300 receiving yards, 8 total touchdowns. That'd be about 180 fantasy points, which is usually good for the RB18 to RB22 um, so I th think I would have Aaron Jones, uh, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm drafting Aaron Jones as my 8th or 12th running back, it doesn't mean that I'm drafting A.J. Dillon as my 18th or 22nd running back, because injuries happen every year, some players that you project to do better get hurt and don't actually finish there, uh, but I do think Aaron Jones has pretty decent over, like top 12 running back potential and would definitely be an RB2 on my team that I'd be happy to have. He's going as the 13th running back overall at the back of the second round or the beginning of the third. I think that's a pretty good value for him. I wouldn't have him way higher than that, but I am certainly happy drafting him at that value. And then A.J. Dillon uh, back there, I think he's a reasonably safe RB2. I would expect him to be there. I'd uh, prefer probably having him as my third running back just because I value running backs especially in redraft pretty heavily but I think there's a pretty good chance that he finishes as a solid at least back end RB2 and his ADP right now he's going as the 26th running back off the board you can get him in like the back of the fifth or even the sixth round uh, and again uh, that's not usually where I'm drafting running backs but if you can get a value on him in the sixth round, I think I'd be pretty happy with that too. Uh, both of these players, I think, are about 
estimated correctly. If I like both of their values, but they're not screaming values to me. There's a little bit of risk with both of these guys, but happy drafting them where they are. I think they both have pretty high upside, pretty decent floors, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Packers' offense goes. Um, I assume they are going to rely on these two players more. They are probably the two best skill position players that the Packers have now that Devontae Adams has left, but... Uh, that could also mean that there are fewer touchdowns scored. Maybe the Packers don't score 52 touchdowns in 2022. If that number drops down to 40, even if those running backs are getting a higher percentage of those touchdowns, that just cuts their touchdown upside down a little bit. Overall, I really do like drafting both of these running backs. I would not hate having both of them on the same team. I'm definitely happy having one of them. Uh, they're not the type of player that's a screaming value being drafted at their floor. Of course, the, the, that rarely ever happens. Um, we're too smart as a fantasy community to draft somebody at their floor. Both players could end up finishing worse in their ADP. But I do think that their floor isn't too much worse. I think you're going to get a good player with either one of these. I think if you draft Aaron Jones, he's probably at least going to be a top 24 running back. If you draft A.J. Dillon, he's probably at least going to be a top 36 running back. And both of them have ceilings that are very nice. Aaron Jones could easily finish top 5. It's very possible that A.J. Dillon could finish top 12. Uh, so having that as the option of their ADP, I do think they're both good values to take. that is going to wrap up another episode of spotlight impressions thank you so much for listening i really enjoyed making this podcast in particular about these two players love diving into these stats please if you have any kind of constructive uh, comments or feedback about the stats that were presented or the format of the podcast i'm always trying to improve uh, so if there's anything you think i should consider i would be happy to hear it uh, until next time take it easy